On this week's episode of Friend Code, we've got a Tokyo Game Show wrap-up featuring new updates to Monster Hunter Rise and Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, the latest information regarding the upcoming Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC, the Crown Tundra, and Sakurai reveals the newest fighter to join Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. This week, I'm joined by Bradley Ellis. Achievements. Thank you so much for doing that for me. And Ben Moore. A hunter must hunt. <laughs> hunter must hunt. Uh, Monster Hunter is in the air. Ben, I have to say, we will be talking about Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, I feel like on Slack and in the, the, the Zoom calls we've done in the past few days... You have raised the issue to Bloodworth about so blood. Uh, any uh, Monster Hunter Rise preview events coming? Up? <laughs> I totally mean that as a joke, I don't know. but yes, I would jump at the chance. Absolutely. Your your excitement level for this uh, speaks mm-hmm. to the positive reception I think this game is getting, and mm-hmm. uh, we will be talking about that in just a minute. Um, yeah, we had a lot of. Well, a lot of news in the past week and a half, pretty much. We had Tokyo Game Show that wrapped up just about a little over a week ago. Uh, we got some updates to several games. Most of the biggest ones are probably Monster Hunter Rise and uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, which we'll be diving into. Uh, we got this week, we had two Nintendo news drops with a, a Pokemon Sword and Shield direct or video presentation that came out on Tuesday morning. And we are recording Thursday afternoon, just after Sakurai has revealed the new Smash fighter, uh, Steve from Minecraft. And we'll, uh, we'll wrap up with that at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. But I want to start with Tokyo Game Show. I want to start with Monster Hunter Rise. Because I know you, you've been waiting. You, you can't. I, I know you can't get enough of this game, and they showed off a lot, Ben. And I want to know yeah. uh, how did you feel about what they showed off and uh, the the information drip they were kind of giving about the the kind of the quality of life stuff and uh, the features they're they're going to be pushing for this game. Yeah, I, I think just between the rise announcement and uh, Fatalis dropping in Monster Hunter last night and being <laughs> brutally difficult. Uh, it's, it's been like, like a total reigniting of Monster Hunter love and passion. And I just, I, I don't get sick of the series. Um, and with rise, I think the biggest takeaway for me is I feel like there are a lot of directions they could have taken that wouldn't have been as interesting. Like they could have just kind of made a world clone or they could have, you know, done a follow up to what they have done in generations and generations ultimate. Um, I think it could have been a lot safer. And while there's definitely a lot of stuff here, that's very similar uh, to world. I think they're going out of their way enough to really differentiate it and make it its own thing with some of the core mechanics and uh, potentially very exciting. I think my biggest worry is it being on switch um, Mm. just in terms of performance and look and density of the world. But as far as the core mechanics go, you know, obviously I haven't experienced them. I don't know how you're going to be able to use the wire bug in combat uh, exactly, but I think it's promising what they've shown. Sure. Brad, uh, your thoughts on like, or your initial impressions of seeing this game in action and trailers and stuff. Are you you Uh, sold on it? Yeah. So my experience with Monster Hunter is very limited, pretty much just world, but they added dogs, man. 
like dog pets. <laughs> yeah. And I'm well, like, super shit, useful dogs, man. Yeah. That's Palamutes, all I yeah. need, bro. And that, like, what's the new grappling hook thing called again? The wire uh, bug. Wire bug. The yeah. wire bug. Yeah. He was like using that in midair and everything like that. I was like, dude, this is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Palamute is a really good point to bring up because you can, in Iceborne, you could ride monsters around, but you couldn't freely control them. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in Rise, not only is it a companion that you're bringing with you into battle, like a Palico, like the, the cats, but this guy doesn't care about the laws of physics at all. Like, he'll just go up a mountain. Palamute will just go up a mountain at a 90 degree angle. It's like, let's go find those gathering points. Yeah. So, it uh, definitely looks a great addition. In fact, the, the demo showed you both with a Palico and Palamute mm-hmm. side by side with yeah. you at the beginning. Yep. Uh, I want to touch real quick about the, the concerns about maybe it being on Switch and the visual fidelity. Uh, they did mm. talk about how it's running on RE Engine. Um, yeah. And there are people who have been looking at the footage. And I've noticed a lot of comments about it does seem like a visual upgrade from the, uh, like the previous more traditional Monster Hunters especially the right. try and its spinoffs and four and its spinoffs, essentially uh, noticing like reflections in water, better lighting, uh, better draw distance in general. Um, but obviously as you, as you point uh, alluded to when things get a little bit hectic in some of the gameplay parts, the frame rate does seem to dip. So it's taking mm-hmm. a performance hit, performance hit for sure. So I, I do see that as a valid concern, um, but it is interesting that they're getting RE engine running on switch with this. Uh, and and making use of that's pretty impressive i think yeah Yeah. totally i'm just worried about like you guys said sorry like the multiplayer just teaming up with friends Mm -hmm. that's like my favorite part of monster hunter Mm -hmm. and i just kind of worry about you know you got three other buds with you how it might handle it but i'm pretty optimistic about it well that's still one of the most annoying things about the world is Say you want to go through the story with a friend, you're constantly interrupted with, hey, you have to both, for no reason, you both have to individually go into the quest, watch the cutscene, and then join up with each other. Um, so hopefully it's a little bit smoother mm-hmm. in the world, or not world, rise. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I hope so too. Um, definitely experienced that a little bit at the beginning of Monster in a World when people are trying to help me out when I started off on when the PC version came out. Uh, I have a few notes about some of the, the the changes that people picked up or some of the things that are being preserved from Monster Hunter World potentially in terms of quality of life. I'm curious if you like these or um, any any these raise any potentially red flags. Uh, so the, the the first main demo that had uh, the English narrator doing some really good commentary. Uh, they start off with a two star quest to hunt a, a it's a, called a Tetronodon, I believe. Yeah, basically the big fat duck monster that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh the first He's thing great <laughs> it looks so i like stuff like that um yeah mm-hmm. they're just they're just goofy but they 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 look like they won't be difficult but then like they get you in the most annoying ways too uh mm-hmm. from my experience they showed off the item box and and something called item box restocking which is a, mm-hmm. a whole a, a return which was first introduced in monster hunter world yeah. And Ben, I'm kind of curious if you think this is a good thing to keep or if you preferred the older style of how they handled items and missions. Oh, no. I mean, being able to just go to your item box, you know, hit triangle and restock, it, it, it's just a nice convenience. Yeah, totally. Hap- I think there are a lot of streamlined convenient things that 
there was, there's no reason not to use them again or make them even more convenient when it comes to minor stuff like that anyway. Sure. Uh, let me, help, maybe I'll just go through these really rapid fire and then stop me if any of these seem worth saying. Uh, can drink potions while in motion again? I believe that yeah. was first in world. Uh, the radial yeah. menus. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. You can also drink um, you, potions and, and do buffs and stuff like that on the Palamute, which is oh, when oh, you road nice. monsters in Iceborne. You can also I saw that, that because they mentioned fast gatherings returning, and you can also gather while riding your Palamute, which seems like yeah, a great yeah, thing yeah. to allow mm-hmm. to happen. I was, uh, was saying earlier the radial menus return. Um, those just seem like a good way to, to yeah. interface. Radial menu is... I don't. I would. I don't know if I would say essential, but it's so much easier than just relying on the classic Monster Hunter bar, um, and being able to use both in tandem to have like, you know, something like fighting Fatalis right now. Like I just have a Farcaster set on my bar, so when I need to get out of there, I hit that immediately. But then I use the radio menu for pretty much everything else. Yeah, so it's really really nice. Uh, this one you might have to explain a little bit better. I'm assuming this is like item related. Drop shinies are bigger now to help see them more easily. Oh, sure. Um, so like when you fight a monster, uh, it will drop things on the ground and you can go and you can pick them up. Gotcha. Okay. So in the heat of battle, I, that I believe that's be what nice. it's talking about anyway. Okay. I mean, it yeah. seems like a good thing to add in the heat of battle so you don't lose track of that. Uh-huh. It's a bigger alert. I didn't, I didn't pay attention to this during the gameplay, but something interesting to note is like in world when you're close to something, uh, like a shiny or something or whatever, it'll uh, show up on the side of the screen like, hey, this thing is nearby. Like it'll pop oh, nice. up with its name so you don't miss it so I, w- I would imagine that returns as well but. yeah I, I i think it does because i also mentioned about you could the gathering points also show up on the mini map like points of interest will show up more easily mm-hmm. on the mini map when you, so you could like zoom it in further to see them very clearly and defined i guess that was in monster hunter world i really didn't do much of that part of the the game yeah. uh, i'm ashamed to admit uh in, there was some concern over the in-battle chatter being introduced in Monster Hunter Rise, but it can right. apparently you can just turn it completely off if it just bugs you. Yeah, so I went I went through a very fast emotional response to this when during the presentation they were like, "Hey, your person's gonna talk way more," and I was like, "Oh no!" Like, oh no! And then they're like, "You could turn it off," and I was like, "Yeah." Yes. <laughs> uh, so good on them for that option. Thank uh, God. The. This one's interesting. So you don't have scout flies or paintballs in this one to mark mm-hmm. monsters, but there's still a way to mark monsters on the map. Uh, mm-hmm. I think some people were saying that uh, the presenters said that an owl or bird you send out might be the thing that do it. I'm, I'm a little unclear. Yeah, they, they kind of refer to it as a scouting item. And apparently it's this little owl that you can send out to search for monsters. And World doesn't have paintballs either, but you can, once you just... You, once you discover it, it's on your map and you can track it from the okay. map um, in world anyway. So All right. this I, one, I think that's smart. Oh, that's yeah, it's it, because the like the manual part of like aiming and tossing something or setting it mm-hmm. to like, if you just forget uh, in the heat, like I don't know. This seems to be more streamlined. I would guess would be my guess to make this easier. Or yeah, I I don't. I don't really have a problem with the way that they do it in 
world. Um, I think once you get used to it, tracking, like picking up tracks is not that exciting, um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't sound like they're, you know, as you said, they're not using the scout fly system. I actually don't mind paintballs. Um, it does add some tension to the fight. Uh, and it's just something you have to worry about. And when he, when the monster leaves an area, it's like, oh, is my paintball mark going to hold up? Um, and it's just, it's just like another layer to the combat. But at the same time, it is annoying. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm okay with it. All right. Yeah, I, most of the Monster Worlds games I played, paintball was the way you did it. And it was yeah. sometimes a little frustrating, but also... <laughs> You know, the, the, the reward trade-off for actually nailing it, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. losing maybe some of that. I can see some of the trade-off there for that decision-making versus, you know, increasing accessibility for the game. This one I'm kind of curious how you feel, but I, I imagine it's only positive, is the fewer invisible walls inside the map. So I'm a little unsure about Monster in <laughs> a World, how, like, this was this really a problematic at points, or was it just, like, how, I, I saw some people comparing it to Monster in a World. Hmm. Or I'm not you know, sure. Off the top of my head, I'm not thinking of any like constant glaring invisible world, invisible right. wall yeah, problems. I don't remember. Yeah. But you know, hearing that with the the increased mobility that you have in Rise, um, not running into any instances where it's like, oh, I can't go that way or I can't, you know, get over this obstacle, uh, is great. Like, make mm-hmm. that exploration uh, as flowing, I guess, as you possibly can. I think the final one was uh, they're bringing back from uh, Monster Hunter World. The, uh, you can see the entire sharpness range of your weapon on the sharpness bar instead of the, the, mm-hmm. the depleting level that, you, that had been in the, in the older versions. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a strictly good change for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, for both of you, though, they didn't really talk too much about the, the different weapon types just yet, though they did mention you will have 14 different weapons to pick from. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of curious what uh, hopes or expectations you have for uh, the weapons you can use in this. Anything you want to see return? Any kind of new idea that maybe you haven't tried out that you'd like them to see maybe? Well, they have 14 seven? weapons right now. So the, the four, it's just going to be the weapons that you're already familiar okay. with. Okay. Okay. Um, not brand new weapons. Um, okay. So the, the, the big change and like, I mean, obviously there could be more than this. I don't know, but is is how the wire bug, because you can use the wire bug in combat and what those moves specifically are going to be for each weapon type and how that changes like your potential for each weapon and how you interact with the monster. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know weapon stuff is like always a big thing they do early on uh, when they were revealing Monster Hunter World uh back during its promotional period before it's release, I remember being at a San Diego Comic-Con panel. I remember San Diego Comic-Con, geez. Uh, where one of their trailers was showing off the different weapons you get to use. And I remember it being a big deal being reported on. So and I, I know everyone has their favorite type of, yeah. uh, of weapon and style, but seeing how, yeah, how it's going to interact with uh, the new stuff in this game will be, you know, hopefully will be exciting <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and what yeah. people you know add a new twist onto uh, already established formula but uh i have some patron questions for the two of you uh regarding Fantastic. monster Hunter rise and monster in general oh, no. here yeah uh, the first, the first one comes from tommy lee uh this is a two-parter uh first one tommy little... lee jones i'm just thinking of like motley crew is sending us a question right now <laughs> monster Hunter. <laughs> 
Oh, yo, uh, you want to hunt? <laughs> simple question: Will Huber slay an Arzuros, the bear monster that gets distracted mm-hmm. by honey, and from Portable Third? And slightly more serious question: What monster from any of the Mon Hun games do you uh, that you've played do you want to see show up and rise? Good question. Um, Will Huber? I hope so. Uh, it's always a blast hunting with Huber, and so I, I hope he gets into it for sure. Um, <laughs> I think there were times in the world where he just felt behind, and so he felt bad about that. But there's there's no need. Right. Love, hunt, love hunting with Huber. Um, as far as returning monsters, really good question. I, I think one of my the most exciting things about Rise is already in the little bit that we've seen, there are some weird ass monsters, and I don't think World had enough weird ass monsters. Um, it got better in Iceborne, um, but it, it's a lot of like similar types of things, not not too crazy. Um, mm-hmm. With that said. I really like Nergigante in World, uh, and he was he was the flagship for World, and I I would love to see how a monster introduced in World fares in a brand new game. Uh, I think that would be really interesting to see, because um, you, you kind of got that effect with seeing a bunch of monsters that were older being introduced into the World style. Now I want to see how World monsters fare introduced into the Rise style. So. Yeah, Nurkigante would be my pick, I think. Yeah. Uh, in terms of Huber, I'm going to make him kill that bear. I'm going to have to convince him. I'm going to make him get the kill. Like Kratos with Atreus, like all that stuff. I'm going to like, <laughs> sorry, Huber, you got to put him down. I think Huber could like wrap, wrap it around in his mind where he's like honoring the bear. Exactly. Hey, you have to respects. like make it make yeah. sense to him. Like, yeah, it's like part of the hunt. Huber, it's their culture. It's an honor to go down a battle like that. Heck yeah. uh, in terms of monsters returning, uh, I think this is named Dodo Gama, the blue guy. <laughs> that guy's like my favorite, dude. He's yeah. so like I do love the stupid, goofy looking monsters the most. Yeah. I, mean, I just love that guy. Oh yeah, Dodo Gama is <laughs> it's a great pick. He's the problem with Dodo Gama is like He's just so not a threat. And he's just exactly. this adorable little dog. Like, I just love some of the stupid monsters like that yeah. aren't even that intense. I just like them being there. Yeah. Yeah, Dodogama's great. Like ah, I need to get like a Dodogama uh, plushie, man. I just think, I just don't want like too many dragons, you know? Yeah. Like I feel like we fight so many dragon types. Like they're cool. Like, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but like more weird stuff. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they're doing that, which is good. I, yeah. My thing I want to bring up is because I remember hearing something about them uh, planning to bring this type of monster in a world, but ultimately the nature of the world map didn't wasn't conducive to basically like sea monsters. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about like the, oh, the, the Leviathan yeah. monsters, like uh, was it Legiacris or Le- yeah, like or yeah, Legiacris? Uh, Legriacris, yeah, yeah I'm not Sure like, on the pronunciation or, either, or but Ludroff, yes, I know exactly Ludroff, what you're talking like about. the Royal Ludroff stuff, like the mm-hmm. water-based ones. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they would be I don't know if Rise seems like it's going to be going in that direction but maybe a way to dive back into to pun not intended there the you know sea based yeah. monsters again in underwater combat if they want to take another stab at that oh yeah dude yeah. that's a cool idea man they Damn. Have, I, it's been it's been a very 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 long time since I've done 
an underwater hunt in Monster Hunter. I remember hating them intensely. <laughs> um, but it would be interesting to see him take another crack for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I, it brings back bad memories, but maybe it would be better this, the, the next time around. For sure. Just to see them try, you know, make something that was pretty much not universally well liked and, mm-hmm. you know, turning mm-hmm. it around and making it actually something appealing uh, that people actually enjoy would be quite a feat, I think, and a challenge. You know, if they're looking for somewhere to, to strive to go next. Our, um, our next question comes from Straw Hat Ninja. Greetings, allies. Monster Hunter Rise will be my first Monster Hunter game. As a new player, what are some tips and advice you can give? Love and respect. Hmm. Uh, tips and advice. So a good thing to do, the, the more comfortable you are with your weapon, the better. So spending some time, you know, looking at the hunter notes, making sure you understand every facet of what your weapon can do. And it, it takes a while. It's, it's, you know, it's not like an immediate thing. Um, and then going into training and practicing and being like, okay, here's everything this weapon can do. Do I understand it? Can I do it? Um, before just like going into a hunt, not knowing what you're doing and then getting frustrated. Uh, that'll go a long way. Monster Hunter is also a game of preparation. So the more you can kind of enhance yourself before going into battle, the better off you'll do. You can buff your attack, you can buff your defense. Uh, you want to make sure you have plenty of healing items. You know, if you're, depending on what you're fighting, you know, you'll want null berries to get rid of things like blights. You'll want antidotes to get rid of poison, that sort of thing. And so that's really good. And the, the, the last tip, and this might be the best one, is figuring out your, the monster that you're fighting, right? So monsters have different weak points um, that you can break. And then depending on wh- which part you break, different things will happen. Some materials that you need for crafting weapons, you can only get um, by breaking certain parts or yeah, breaking parts or like plus rewards or something. But anyway, breaking parts will give you special rewards and it will uh, change their capability in combat. And uh, I'm not sure how it will work in Rise, but in World, for instance, like once you fought a monster and you kind of build up your knowledge of it, you can see specifically um, the type of damage that it's weak to. Uh, and that will help you a lot as well. Yeah, uh, kind of going off Ben said that, like, don't be afraid to experiment in this game or be stubborn about stuff. When I first started playing world, that was like pretty much like my real deal. Like I'm finally playing. And I noticed earlier I was getting like set in these ways of like, Oh, I don't need this. I don't need to bring this. I'll be fine without it. Kind of thing like that. But I quickly realized like you get so much more out of, if you take the time to prep and experiment with items, how helpful and beneficial and not like just how more enjoyable they can make hunts seem like, that helps Monster Hunter stand out to me as a more unique game with all these aspects of preparation and setting up traps. At first, I kind of ignored, but once I actually embraced it, I enjoyed the game's concept a lot more. Don't treat it like a Dark Souls game where you're just like, I'm just going to roll and dodge everything. Like, mm-hmm. take advantage of what's there and use the tools that the game provides you. Uh, I would also say make an effort to hunt by yourself. Um, I think it'll be tempting to, if, if you're struggling to like immediately get help from other players and that can be very good. Uh, definitely 
have that as an option because it's a good way to learn as well. You'll definitely see other hunters do things and you're like, oh, what are they doing? And it, it can be helpful, but doing it by yourself is the best way to learn patterns, right? And you're going to be fighting monsters, some of them like over and over and over again. And it really is a, a game of, of patterns and you can kind of circumvent a lot of things if you just understand how and when uh, a monster is going to attack. Um, and I, boy, I, another thing is uh, use traps. So anything that isn't an elder dragon, uh, you can use a trap on. And that is, that it's crazy. Like just being able to completely immobilize a monster, like uh -huh. immobilizing a monster or interrupting it uh, is easily one of the best things that you can do. So uh, use, use traps as much as you can. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks for talking about the, the solo experience versus joining with other players. I was actually going to ask you about that, which you would recommend. Oh, sure. So that's a very good point to make. Um, we did have one more question from JW Hampton, but uh, uh, I, I'll just say that I, I think the, they asked about whether or not uh, Switch Pro would be possible to launch alongside a Monster Hunter uh, Rise. I think the, it, obviously it's possible, but I think and I think it's also obvious to all three of us that the benefit it would get from running in higher yeah. resolution and better frame rate stability would definitely benefit the game. So I, I imagine all three of us would be like stoked to be able to play Monster Hunter Rise on a enhanced Switch model, making yeah, it look better. I would jump at the chance. Uh, yeah. I and, and in fact, if the Switch Pro comes out after Monster Hunter Rise and somehow benefits Monster Hunter Rise. I'm going to be upset knowing that, you know, my first rise experience could have been Tainted. enhanced. Uh, silly thing to be upset about, of course, not, not an actual problem, but uh, yeah, I would really love a switch pro for this game. But I figured, well, uh, Monster on a rise, uh, we'll, we'll probably get more information over the coming months, you know, coming out, you know, early next year. Uh, sorry, it's March. What again? Do you remember offhand? I, I, believe I can look it up if you don't. I remember. might be getting confused because I think it's March 26th, maybe? I want to say March yeah, 20 was, something, and it is like March. March 26th. Ben is the okay. winner. There Good job, is. Ben. Uh, yeah, so we're not going to be waiting too much longer for, for this. So pretty excited for that. <laughs> You say that, and it feels like an eternity. <laughs> it, yeah, I should be, yeah, maybe, yeah, not so soon. It might be, we got so much between now and then, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, we got a big fall coming up. Rephrase that. Uh, but I meant to say, Monster Hunter Rise uh, wasn't the only big uh, update we got from a, a Switch game at Tokyo Game Show. The other big one was Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Uh, we got to see a new trailer and a roughly 15 minute gameplay demo. Uh, first time seeing the game in action uh, and Brad. Uh, I don't know if mm -hmm. you got the chance to check any of this out, but I, I kind of want to know how you felt about seeing uh, the game in action and seeing that uh, that new trailer. So story heavy. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, so as some of the viewers or listeners know, I recently played a little Hyrule Warriors. I haven't played a ton of the game, but I have like an idea of the original one. It looks completely different, but this one like looks like Breath of the Wild, which I think is a, a step in the right direction right away, Damiani. It sounds like Breath of the Wild, looks like Breath of the Wild. Like even getting items like Breath of the Wild, like some of the Bacoblin parts and stuff like that. <laughs> when he was fighting all these Bacoblins, Damiani, I was like, oh shit, he was a lot more powerful back then. Because I'm used to Breath of the Wild, you know, you're fighting like a few guys. Of course it's different because it's a Musou <laughs> game. 
But man, so far I've been super happy with how they're handling this. I know you are too, Damiani. Like, this feels like they've been really paying attention to the source material, not just like a fan fiction kind of like throwing Zelda together. Like, I haven't played the game, but it, it seems like it's actually in line with like trying to tell an appropriate story lining up with breath of the wild and like just how much is in there so faithful to the original very good point uh during our reaction and post discussion i feel the the word authentic i kept using that they felt Mm -hmm. like they're trying to make you believe you're genuinely playing genuinely playing a game that is a prequel to breath of the wild and not just some spin-off game trying to use some of the the tenets of the, the the original game I mean, as I said, like the, the trailer, so much, so many cutscenes, mm-hmm. voice, like you got VO from like every major one of the four champions. Uh, they even teased them in the going to try and go pilot their divine beast, you know, alluding to things yeah. that need to happen. Uh, man, like, yeah, like the, just from the get go of that gameplay demo, like starting off showing Link shield surfing as an attack, traversal mechanic. Like, I was just like, him using yes. like the Sheikah Slate stuff too in combat. It's so impressive how much they've implemented. Like it, it's not exactly the same, but it works kind of the same. The way they integrate it into like a Musa style combat is just like great. Even being able to jump up and using the slowdown and manually yeah. aiming for really shooting your arrows. I'm just very impressed by how much they managed to preserve uh, even like the dodge mechanic, the perfect pair, uh, perfect yes, dodge timing like the and doing the flurry the attack time thing. right yeah. after it. It just looked good. Obviously, there were still things that made it look like a Musou game. Running around the field, mm-hmm. there'd be Hyrule soldiers just standing still at times, just doing nothing. Yep. I mean, it's not perfect, <laughs> obviously, but I was generally pretty, felt pretty good about what they were showing um, in, in terms of like the environments and the objectives and just like the, the, the combat itself. Uh they also uh, they also give us some new information about your companions. We got to see uh, young Impa being playable. Uh-huh. Uh, she's using like you know a lot of ninjutsu stuff, uh, yeah. doing like the, the seals for the paper bombs, uh, doing shadow clones, doing like kunai tosses and stuff. It's pretty sick. Uh, we saw the the baby guardian. Uh, it it yeah. summons the tower. The tower, so like, yeah. Like oh, those were those that was came in, from. Dami, when that tower came up, I was like, is that there in Breath of the Wild? That spot. It's like I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell. I don't know. It just they threw a lot at us in this, and man, it makes me really stoked to 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 dive into this when it comes out. It just looks mm-hmm. like it's going to be a feel good game. Um, yeah, uh, and, and uh, Ben, I know you have a mm-hmm. lot of experience with Musto games as well. I'm kind of curious, um, seeing more of this now. How you how you feel about this? Um, you generally get the same vibe that kind of like Brad and I were talking about or any, any unique things that you noticed that you wanted to point out as well? Yeah. Um, due to this announcement, I actually went back um, and continued playing Hyrule Warriors and finished off the main story and was doing some of the Wind Waker stuff. And I really think Hyrule Warriors is a pretty great game. Uh, and kind of what you touched on, they already did such a great job in Hyrule Warriors. Uh, Playing as Ganondorf feels phenomenal. They do so much to really make you feel like this powerful terror, just in terms of his animation and the kit that he has. Uh, And then when you play the brand new character, Linkle, they're just so agile and quick. And, you know, for a game that is a lot about, you know, 
pressing light attack and then heavy attack in sequence, I think they do a phenomenal job of applying that system to Zelda characters uh, to make them stand out. And just, I, one of my favorite things about Hyrule Warriors is the, the boss mechanics, having to use the different items against the bosses. Um, and then later on, you'll fight multiple bosses at once. And it's like, oh, I got a hook shot this one. I got a boomerang this one. Uh, it's, it's great. Um, the one thing that I hope they fix for Age of Calamity is I don't think the music at Hyrule Warriors is the best. Uh, <laughs> playing it recently, you hear it's just like on this very short loop and you're in kind of like these longer battles and it's just like, it, it's like it's banging against your head. It's just so repetitive. Uh, mm -hmm. I, and just that one song comes to mind. So hopefully, hopefully that sensation doesn't happen in, in the new one. Yeah, during the gameplay demo, one of the commentators tried to make a remark. Obviously, it's maybe just be a PR move. Obviously, saying like they like the the BGM, the background music. Saying, "Wow, that sounds really good for just like BGM right now." And honestly, Breath of the Wild has a very underrated soundtrack. For it gets Great so much praise yeah. for its sound mm -hmm. design and implementation, but the 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 breadth of the soundtrack, essentially how large it is with how many unique tracks there actually are and the quality of them i think gets undersold a little bit through the actual in-game experience and i feel like a game like hyrule warriors is a place to allow those th those themes to shine especially mm -hmm. you know with more upbeat tempo versions of them as well and remixes so i'm hoping my hope is that they combine you know combine those two and it comes out because there was a lot of cheesy butt rock stuff in in hyrule warriors that <laughs> yeah. uh was you mean koei tecmo butt rock yep. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was there and i was like all yeah. right yeah sure i love that cool. stuff <laughs> yeah but i mean for something like this which i feel is going for a little bit more of an elevated experience to lend mm. to the again the authenticity I, i'm kind of hoping and expecting that they they do do a little bit with it with the soundtrack i mean Obviously, yeah, you've spent a lot of time in Hyrule Warriors as well, Brad. And obviously, you recently mm -hmm. we played Breath of the Wild. So I imagine you would like to maybe see some of that music, you know, get yeah, better yeah. Moment I think to shine. they should highlight that more. Like, I don't mind some of like the the Koei Tecmo like butt rock stuff every now and then, but I think Breath of the Wild soundtrack is so strong. It'd be a good idea to highlight some more of it. Like, I wouldn't mind if there's a few tracks like that. Like, you know, you can shred every now and then. It's okay, but not too much. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense kind of mirroring the, the Breath of the Wild style to some degree, because it would, it would feel weird otherwise. Yeah, the tone is, like, so different. Uh, this, we, didn't, we didn't get any patron questions from this, but I want to ask about this specifically, because, Ben, you were talking about how the, the, the variety of the play styles in the large roster of the Hyrule Warriors and, and its mm -hmm. definitive edition, where it seems like this game, despite them revealing, you know, a new playable character, Young Impa, I'm going to guess this isn't going to have probably the largest roster. It might have one of the smallest rosters of a, a potentially of a Muso game. Uh, if that seems like that might bug you, or do you think you know maybe that is an opportunity then for them to make these characters feel like some of the most diverse handling because their play styles from the trailer at the very least, the four champions look drastically different from each other, at least to me. Yeah, I think there is a, a cynical answer and an optimistic answer. I think the cynical answer is you've got to make room for that DLC and those definitive editions, which are <laughs> <Yeah>. almost <laughs> certainly on yeah. their way. Um, but on the optimistic side, considering the approach that they're taking with this game, um, 
and the narrative that it's trying to tell. I, I hope you're exactly right, Damiani. I hope that there's just a, a, enough variety with how they play um, and how they potentially grow over time that a smaller roster is not a huge hindrance. Yeah, they could also add new characters, I guess. That just like die or something. I don't know. True. They could just put in like a major character that's like, yeah, they write them off that Dominion, way. I was thinking, I'm curious about what you think about this. Do you think there's going to be anything in this game that's not in the first Breath of the Wild that's going to be in two? Like, is this baby guardian going to be referenced in Breath okay. of the Wild 2? So here, I have two ideas for this. We, we, so actually, funny thing, we talked about this on the most recent episode of Friend Code before this, uh, the Breath of the Wild trilogy mm-hmm. talk. You remember that? I think that's what you bring up, Brad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think, if anything, it would be the Baby Guardian. But I, I honestly, rather than it appearing in the sequel, uh, sorry, Brad, sorry. I would expect them to maybe do a, uh, a shadow update or, you know, a low key update to breath of the wild where they add it into the game somewhere. Like it's like broken body or something. Sure. Where, Didn't they yeah. do that in resident evil two where you could yep. hear nemesis? Yes. I, that stuff, that kind of stuff is cool. Yeah. yeah so I do I, like that stuff. And I imagine it would be a great way to <laughs> it's encourage broken people. body, dude, your little robot. Buddy. Yeah. It's like, you get like, to go, no. like it, there's like, a, they had a little tiny cut scene, a little emotional cut yeah. scene with a new, maybe a new flashback memory. That they added. Oh that shit! That'd yeah. be cool, dude. And I think it'd be a great way to get people to replay it in a, in a, in preparation for Breath of the Wild sequel. Uh, mm. I, I could easily see them doing that, and I feel like that's more likely to happen than this game having some kind of payoff in the sequel, uh, mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild sequel. I don't I don't think they're gonna go that way. But, but you never know. Uh, I mean, maybe there is something that is revealed here yeah. that isn't really covered in the main game, and it's being saved for the sequel. We never know. I'm not saying it's not possible. Yeah. I wonder if, because part of the fun of Hyrule Warriors is having all these different styles of Zelda mashed together. And when you're doing like Wind Waker stages and Hyrule Warriors, I love that it looks like the Wind Waker, right? So even basic enemies look like basic enemies uh, in, in Wind Waker. And I wonder just because of the focus of this game, if there'll be an opportunity for that or if it will strictly be this style. And I'm not necessarily saying that's wrong. I'm just curious i guess i think ben sorry brad go ahead you say something oh sorry i was gonna say i, I don't know how it ties in with hyrule warriors because i haven't been there ben but i could see mm. them just doing like just its own like stand fun dlc thing. yeah yeah something like that yeah i was gonna say the dlc is probably where they can get wacky and wild with some of that stuff ben because mm. so they're trying to keep this game potentially canonical as a prequel they just say like DS- DLC is what if scenarios. So it's like right. Breath of the Wild has a ton of name Easter eggs all over the place, mm-hmm. referencing a ton of the past games. And who's to say like they don't like in- fully embrace that? So they bring some of the like characters from other Zelda games in there just for funsies and create yeah. like a temporary new area that you know maybe it suits a different aesthetic or something maybe adding like bonus filters like here's wind waker filter to the game here's skyward sword filter to the game or something like that just just for fun i could see them doing crazy mm-hmm. stuff like that with the dlc i just love in in pretty much any major crossover game when they're like the the, the narrative justification is like the most hand wavy thing ever it's like i i don't know a dimension door open just, and now we're happened. here <laughs> portals have been unlocked yeah, yeah. for sure well that was a uh, no, that was the latest from Hyrule Warriors uh, coming out November 20th. So I imagine we'll probably get maybe one more. 
update mm-hmm. to this game before it comes out. Uh, so oh, it's not, coming out so soon. I know. It's like yeah. a little just over it's a month. Big game. Yeah. Big holiday title. So I, I imagine we'll get maybe one, at least one more update. So who knows what we'll get to see from that. But that, that, was, a, that was a good showing, I think, from TGS for, for that. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. But moving on this week, uh, the first news drop we had was regarding Pork, uh, Porkemon, Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC. Uh, the second expand, part of the expansion pass, the Crown Tundra. Uh, they announced it's arriving on October 22nd. Uh, this is the second DLC area after the first one, which was the Isle of Armor. Uh, this is a snow-themed region, if you couldn't you know, glean that from the title. Uh, they give some details, you know, you're working as an ex- expedition, uh, expedition chief charged with investigating the region. And they gave some bullet points. Here are the big, this doesn't seem like the biggest news blowout, honestly. So I'm kind of curious what you think about these, the, the, the news they did give about it. Uh, mm-hmm. This one might seem like maybe one of the bigger ones. Every legendary Pokemon from every single mainline game will be obtainable in this area via mm-hmm. a special Dynamax layer you can access during Dynamax adventures, which are raid dungeons, essentially. I'm kind of curious. Right. Does that get you excited at all, Ben, about all the Pokemon legendaries being in here? I wouldn't say I'm excited. I think it's neat, though. I, I think it's a an interesting gimmick, and I want to see how those Dynamax battles play out. Um, and how challenging they're going to be because uh, I, I initially I bounced off the Isle of Armor pretty hard, but I mm. actually committed and went back and finished it off last night. And the, the final battle that you do there is more difficult than a lot of stuff uh, that I encountered in Vanilla uh, Sword. So I, I'm hoping that the battles are interesting and it'll be kind of fun just doing all of the legendary battles. Like, I think it's a neat thing. Um, is it the most exciting creative thing I've ever heard? No, but I think it's, I think it's somewhat cool. Yeah. I think it's also a little bit in response to, you know, the, the earlier on when there was concerns about cut Pokemon and stuff like this, mm-hmm. this is just another good announcement for them to say hey we understand like check this out we 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 got all the mainline legendaries here and also uh, i think it's a good way to integrate them into like their new dynamax adventures so that it encourages people to try that out rather than just here's a random dynamax battle you just jump into so it's pushing one of their newer their newer features i think that's kind of smart you you know what hurts it for me a little bit damiani is while Fighting the legendaries will be really neat. I think part of the joy of legendaries comes from the buildup <laughs> that they have and, mm, and yes. kind of learning about their stories and how their stories are feel very specific to whatever region you're in. Whereas this is just going to be kind of like, it, or from the, the sounds of it anyway, yeah. it's just going to be like a face-off. And that, that that's fine, but it, it kind of removes the specialness of them not that legendaries have felt that special uh in in this generation anyway but still yeah uh, you always at least had that to look forward to and mm. it was kind of a staple and even strip if you strip that away how meaningful will these encounters be it'll be interesting to see people's reactions to that that's that's a very good point ben for sure they 
also revealed that they're going to do something called star tournament the star mm-hmm. tournament not plural uh which mm. features double battles where you get to team up with the gym leaders and trainers from the game so you can pair up with any you know like nessa you could potentially with marnie you could just you know team up with milo it's like any one of these you can team up with potentially from i think it's from your respective uh sword or shield game that you encountered but they also added that you will get new insights into the NPC you pair up with to learn more about the character, which I think that's a pretty important part, mm-hmm. especially what we're just talking about with legendaries. This yeah. is maybe the missing ingredient. Yeah, Damiani. Uh, so I'm way more excited about this because I think one of the best parts of this generation is the personality of some of the trainers. And it's, it's almost a shame that a lot of them you, you encounter so briefly. Um, and even in Isle of Armor, I think Mustard, the, the, the sort of master of the dojo, is just so much fun to be around that having more opportunities to kind of highlight this super strong aspect is great. Yeah, I, hopefully it won't be underwhelming uh, yeah. and that, it, that you, you do actually get a chance to get some meaningful interactions or, or at least smile at them in some way. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. We will see if it lives up to that. Uh, they had some like more business announcement type stuff. Uh, a physical version of both Sword and Shield with the respective expansion pass is bundled together. Oh, so okay. a physical copy will be coming out on November 6th. Uh, so, you know, just in time for the holidays. So, you know, that's also going to be a big holiday title push for them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little touch of nostalgia here. Uh, they're going to be giving away uh, eight versions of Pikachu that will be wearing a different hat uh, uh, that will be coming soon. The first one, which is now available, uh, features a Pikachu wearing Ash's hat from the anime, uh, available in Sword and Shield. Um, they revealed the code for that. Just so it's like, I guess it's just like a free thing they're doing just to like celebrate that. Uh, and then like they also showed, a, before we get into like the Pokemon Home stuff, they, they wrapped up this presentation by showing this, uh, this anime opening style music video uh, for music from Bump of Chicken, uh, if you are a Tales of, uh, uh, Tales of fan, uh, Tales of the Abyss, they did a theme song for Tales of the Abyss and a lot of other anime. They're like, n- like they've done a lot of anime opening music themes. Uh, it was like nostalgia times 1000 in that, that music video. Um, it is, it was very interesting to see them do that because it, it, they, for as much where we started off with, with Pokemon Sword and Shield, the, the quote unquote controversies surrounding and stuff to kind of like bookmarking or the book ending this with a, this very heartwarming kind of gift. I would phrase it because it's like, there's no purpose for it other than like, it, it would just like want you to feel good about Pokemon and remember the good stuff about Pokemon and seeing the overwhelmingly positive reaction to this video. I don't know if you got the, the kind of like the same vibe from it or got like, you know, did you enjoy it? Did you even check it out or I didn't even see it, unfortunately, oh, but that dang. sounds really cool. It's, yeah, a lot of Easter eggs in there covering, like, the entire span of the the, the Pokemon uh, history in there. Mm. So it, it was pretty good, you know, like, three-minute thing. So nice thing. But mm. uh, we don't have to linger on that too much. But the, 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 this is the, the, the last business update they had before going to the music video was how uh, Pokemon Home and Pokemon Go and Pokemon Sword and Shield interactivity – finally going to be happening by the end of the year. Essentially, you could take Pokemon Go, uh, Pokemon and Pokemon Go, transfer them to home, and then transfer them into Sword and Shield and vice versa. Uh, there are restrictions. Uh, so 
there are some Pokemon from Go who cannot be transferred to home, period. There will be some restrictions on that. Uh, Pokemon sent to home from Go cannot go back to Go. So once you've transferred a Pokemon from oh. Go to home, they're out of your Go uh, roster. You, can, you have to go get another one originally. You can't like keep mm. that one. And finally, in order to actually import uh, Pokemon Go uh, Pokemon into Sword and Shield from home, you actually have to have either caught or have it in your Pokedex, registered in your Pokedex in Pokemon Sword and Shield before it'll be allowed to come in. So you mm. can't just grab something you've never encountered or registered before. Hmm. So there, there are some restrictions, but I guess this is a big deal because people in Wayne know this wasn't in place yet, but this is finally yeah, happening same. by the end of the year. Um, so I didn't know if uh, it seems like a big deal. I, I, I don't follow Pokemon Go too much anymore. And I saw yeah, there yeah, was, yeah. there's some other update happening to it. I think got some people concerned about the future of Pokemon Go that I'm not really too sure about. Some bonuses were being uh, no longer going to be happening for it. So it sounded like maybe this is good news finally for some people with Pokemon Go and Sword and Shield and home users. I have a, a pretty rough cycle with Pokemon Go where I feel like every six months or so, I, I kind of get into it for a little bit. And then I get bored and I drop it. And then I get into it for a little bit, get bored and drop it. But the interaction between the two games might be another reason to hop back into it. Like I, sure, it's at least got me interested. There's going to be a gift, a mystery gift, a Pokemon unique to each version you can get if you do the transfers each way. So they're oh, they're, they're, they're offering stuff like that as well. Um, the only way to get those special versions of Pokemon as well. Uh, for, uh, the metal one, the metal Mar or whatever. There's like a... Yeah, Meltan? Meltan, sorry, Meltan. Meltan. Yeah, there is a hmm. version you can bring into... You'll get in Sword and Shield that will have its like Gigantamax version exclusive. Like you can Gigantamax <laughs> it and does this crazy like metal spike uh, attack Whoa. for its like ultimate ability. Maybe, maybe to wrap up maybe this like pokemon sword and shield dlc the, the, i have a question from snivy link uh mm-hmm. they basically said the crown tundra update looks so nothing i wonder why <laughs> they didn't do a huge info blowout unless that's literally all there is to mm-hmm. it which would be so disappointing so yeah they kind of put like a, a like a wrapper on that it's like the dlc in general that they, we've gotten for pokemon sword and shield like do you, do you feel satisfied for it or do you feel it's leaving you a little bit wanting at this point no, I, I think Snivy Link kind of sums up the whole attitude around Sword and Shield and, and haven't played Crown Tundra, right? So, so opinion is off. But as, as far as Sword and Shield and uh, the Isle of Armor go, it's serviceable. Uh, it, <laughs> there, there is enough going on that if you enjoy Pokemon, you, you can suck some entertainment out of it. But as you're playing it, you, you get this nagging feeling that it could be so much more. Mm. There's really nothing about it that makes you feel like it's truly going above and beyond in the way that, that a series of this level of success and popularity should be. Um, so, no, I, I agree. I think it is, uh, it's, it falls into that category of I want to play it, but I do not expect very much. Hmm. I'm curious if there's anything that you've seen them done in the past that they could have done is some form of DLC that would have made you, that would have made it seem more attractive to you to get you, that you would make it more of a must play potentially, or is that there's nothing really that you've seen that, you know, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. That's a good question, Damiani. So like in Isle of Armor, <clears throat> I think, I think the story is 
charming and likable enough, but what you're actually doing is pretty immensely boring. Like you go and you have to just find mushrooms. So you run around and go pick up some mushrooms and then you need to do basic battles and then you need to find some nectar. And so you run around and it's like, Oh, not the nectar we need. Let's go over here. Not the nectar we need. And it's just, it's, it's, it's okay. Right. It, it works. Uh, it's not particularly terrible, but it doesn't feel like there's really anything going on where you're like, Oh, that was a really creative idea in terms of like what you're doing or how you're interacting with the world. Um, and so I, I think more than anything, that's what I want, right? Like I want to play a new Pokemon or Pokemon DLC where it's like, wow, this is really making me change the way that I'm, I'm thinking about how Pokemon functions or works or just some sort of twist. Uh, it, it just, a lot of times it just feels way too basic in format. And there are good ideas there. Like in Sword and Shield, you have gyms where there's some gimmick to them where mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you have to kind of do this thing in order to make it through the gym. But the thing that you have to do, the puzzle you have to solve is just so simple that it, it, it again, it just never really feels like it, it capitalizes on its own potential. Um, I see. Yeah, that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. It also, this question also gets me thinking about just ideas they could have done to make you want to go back into even like the older areas and mm. a new way to experience mm -hmm. them. Like the, the always, the one I always see come up and it's, it's, I mean, it seems brilliant, but it's not like the most original idea. It's just adding Pokemon snap functionality to the game. So you just have to like go through the regions <laughs> and do like, Poke, like yeah. this Pokemon snap type quest thing. Sure. Damiani, that is a really good idea because that would fit well or seemingly well with the way Sword and Shield works where you're running around and Pokemon are constantly popping up. If you had the added excitement of like, oh, this thing popped up, let me snap a picture of it. That could be potentially super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. I don't know about like me. I'm trying to, I'm struggling to think of any Pokemon game that had difficulty settings, like even a spinoff game. Uh, Black and White 2. I think has difficulty. I think that's the one I did not. I've not played play. Pokemon Black and White too, but I, I believe yeah. it is. Mm. Yeah, like just because you know, some people complain about sometimes the 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 story experience, like playing through that, it's not particularly challenging or indicative of, you know, play you get maybe in, in like the multiplayer experience. So maybe having AI that pushes back, like trainers that push back a little bit harder, you know, use smarter selection of moves or their their pokemon lineup is a little bit more catered to countering you like they they mm. can the, I, obviously the the game knows what you have so they're like let's let's make it a little bit more challenging for you stuff like mm. that I, I always wondered if they'd ever i mean obviously i don't think that's in the spirit of like the the story of pokemon it's not supposed to be particularly challenging but just as an option i don't see the like just like when people complain sure. about dark souls put an easy mode in there it's like i think the opposite that's like pokemon put a hard mode in there like oh that's sacrilege it's not supposed to be hard what are you talking about but i, I don't yeah. see the harm in it either i i think it's not even so much about challenge and although that would be nice and and would be appreciated by a lot of people um it's just when they do add something it just always seems like such a flaccid idea like hmm. dynamaxing is not that exciting like it, it just isn't i i think there it is cool seeing a giant version of your pokemon and gigantamaxing it's cool seeing visual differences but it doesn't really change how battles play out all that mm. much and i i think 
it's not even so much challenge, but introducing something where it's like, all right, this is, this is truly a new facet to how Pokemon battle, like just something different to think about, I guess. Uh, but I didn't play too much of it, but to me, they felt routine and yeah. really expected. I kind of yeah. wanted them to feel like more surprising when they actually happen, more like a big deal. Right. Like when I was playing, I was like, okay, well, here comes this. Now I'll do this kind of thing. Right. Yeah. No, there is, there is a lot that is routine. And I think the things that are not routine are kind of undermined in some way. And so like wild areas are a really good idea. And to Isle of Armor's credit, uh, it is just kind of this gigantic wild area and it is fun running around and just seeing Pokemon catch up and, and going around and collecting Watts and getting into battles and all that stuff. But just visually, it just doesn't look very good. Mm. There's, there's not really a, a, it just looks so flat. And then you connect online and you just see other players like lagging across your screen. And it's just, it just feels compromised, I guess. Right. Um, and it's, it's disappointing because in your head, right, you have that beautiful open-ended multiplayer Pokemon experience. And this just oftentimes feels so far removed from that, uh, that you, you feel a little disappointed. Yeah, I definitely think they could improve upon that stuff. I feel like they just, the, another thing they need to work out is just finding more for you to do that's meaningful in the game that's not strictly about the, the, the core fighting Pokemon mm -hmm. slash, you know, defeating right. gym leaders. Um, like side activities, like uh, something like running your own shop or something like that. They, they've kind yeah. of jobs right. stuff like that they, they've floated like that there the, the may be a possibility but it really hasn't like they, they have like they always come out in the form of like side quests they're like these mm -hmm. almost like thing other ways to earn more cash or experience it's nothing significant it doesn't have like a really good payoff most of the time heck even like the concept of you being able in an online environment becoming like the gym leader if you do well enough in a week or something like that so like this week you you were the one who defeated the most people in this gym ground or whatever just, just and you did for the next week or whatever you will now be that temporary gym leader and you get to enjoy yeah. some perks stuff like that you know that's something that that go does that a lot of people yeah really cling to is is that idea of kind of taking over territory like for as as much as people complain about go i, I think mm -hmm. it was able to engage people with pokemon in a brand new way and i think mm -hmm. that sensation is absolutely what people want out of the main series because like the things that they do add just completely lack any sort of long-term appeal like camping with your pokemon for instance sounds mm -hmm. like a really fun time but whether you're making food or just like playing around with them it's it's fun for a little bit but then it just gets tiresome super quickly because there's just not that much going on it's just not that engaging I, I definitely agree with the camping stuff for sure. I feel like there's elements from Go, there's elements from even Let's Go, uh, Pikachu and Eevee, and elements from Sword and Shield. That I, I feel like if they could borrow some of those elements and mix them together, that would be like a good foundation. The, 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 them splitting them off in these three separate experiences, I think, I mean, maybe, uh, I mean, I want to like say I know more than the, the developers, obviously, but it does feel like there's something there. Like, this us talking about like the Go concepts that, could benefit the multiplayer experience for the mainline games would absolutely be there. I don't think they should seriously consider looking at 
um, like some of the stuff from Animal Crossing. I mean, hmm. Pokemon does not need to become Animal Crossing, but there's a lot of stuff, extracurricular stuff that could be borrowed from like the Pokemon, full, uh, sorry, the Animal Crossing philosophy. I feel like building towards long-term goals, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, that that would make you feel like you need to stay in the world of Pokemon because the whole thing is you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be attached to your Pokemon. You're supposed to, you know, feel like a good relationship and bonds with them. You know, as Huber would love to say, bonds. That is something i i feel like after the story's over it's harder to feel something like that and i don't know if this dlc is really selling that concept or making uh, making you feel like you need to really be invested like it's just like i just want to finish this and be done with it uh, I, I don't yeah. know if it'd benefit from that almost like i don't want to say game as a service type thing but something that keeps you coming back more often mm-hmm. sure I don't know. Man, we could do an entire episode of things that would change about Pokemon. Sure, 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 for sure. But uh, we do have one more thing we're going to talk about. And I think this is the highlight of the show, the, the, the biggest news drop of the week. Uh, we finally got uh, a new fighter revealed for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, earlier today. Uh, we were recording on Thursday. Uh, Steve and Alex from right. Minecraft are joining Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Also, Zombie and Enderman will be joining as well, getting a special Minecraft-themed stage. And during this trailer and the, and the post-game talk, or post-trailer talk from Sakurai, revealed the amount of work that went into this. Sakurai said at one point, every single stage in Smash Brothers had to be adjusted and, and touched up to account for placing Minecraft blocks in them. Oh, man. The core gameplay mechanic of the Minecraft characters uh it was, it was just a trailer and some information at the end uh, a deep dive is planned for actually this is episode where you're watching it uh when it goes up live on friday today if that's today for you tomorrow october 3rd they're going to do the deep dive which makes me feel like the release date isn't too far away but yeah. you two were not on the live reactions this morning uh, blood and i did that so i want to mm-hmm. get year two your impressions and uh were you excited about this what did you think when you saw uh the minecraft reveal um i get it i understand why he's in the game but it's not really appealing to me like i i totally understand why he's in the game minecraft's huge and everything like i'm i'm sure they'll do a killer job with how they how he's handling the game because they do that but you know i just you know it's just not someone that i would personally want in or pick for it i i uh echo brad's sentiments unlike everything else that we've talked about in this episode I just don't have that emotional attachment to Minecraft. I have respect for Minecraft. I've enjoyed what I've played with it, but it's just, it's never been the game that, that has hit me the way that it has hit millions of other people. And that is totally fine. However, what I will say is I like how much Steve clashes with every other character visually in mm-hmm. Smash Brothers Ultimate. I think, um, a lot of these these characters that they've added blend a little bit more seamlessly in, you know, like Byleth kind of slides right into the existing roster yeah, of Smash Brothers. Yeah, kind of like touch them up artistically to fit in or blend yeah, in. Yeah, and, and I think Min Min kind of blends right in, and that's fine. That's not even like a really a huge criticism, but when you see Steve fighting these other characters, it's very different than anything else that you've seen in Smash Brothers before, just because Minecraft is so visually distinct. And I, I do appreciate that as, as a fan of Smash Brothers. I mean, that is such a good point, Ben. A lot, I think people are picking up on that as well, for sure. That rather than trying to make Minecraft bend to the will of Smash Brothers, 
Mm-hmm. Sakurai's like, no, we're making Smash Brothers bend to the will of Minecraft because those the Minecraft universe is a very distinct look. And I think keeping it as is, like seeing some of the screenshots revealed, uh, the still images, you just post them. People think, oh, this is, this is Minecraft. What are you showing me? Why are you showing me a screenshot <laughs> of Minecraft? Unless you add in the, the Smash characters, you're like, wait a second, this is just Minecraft. It's just so... It's a testament to Sakurai and his team's the work ethic and their meticulous nature to preserving it, it like this, this really is a celebration and a preservation of gaming history. The, the, the smash super smash Bros. ultimate. And it just never ceases to impress me. Like, I feel like even if you were disappointed by this, not being the fighter you wanted, I feel mm. like it's insane. If you don't have at least some respect for a, the, the, the work they're putting in to make this happen and how good it looks to still look like Minecraft in a Smash Brothers game and be the magnitude of this. I don't know if mm-hmm. it was the reason why, but people were claiming Twitter went down because of this announcement that it just like <laughs> broke the internet. And I've seen people like joke that, oh, this is like our like older gamers boomer test. If you, if you can't just like, <laughs> if you can't leave it alone and be like, if you can't if you be, be grumpy, but if you start shouting at people that you are unhappy about this, it's, you know, obviously younger generations are going to, possibly be thrilled about this and yeah. smash brothers is about covering all of gaming and minecraft's a huge piece of gaming and to just mm-hmm. say this wasn't a big deal even because it's not the fighter you wanted uh I, you feel free to be disappointed express a disappointment but man uh again it's uh you, you got to have some respect for what's being done here holy for crap. sure and uh we talked about the how visually different it was but i am honestly super interested to see how the mechanics play out and how that changes uh, a battle. Like being able to just place blocks down. I can imagine people doing crazy stuff with that, mm-hmm. both like defensively yeah. and offensively in a fight. And, and I, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I think there's so much potential there. And I'm curious to see like, especially top players uh, experiment with that stuff and the oh, chaos yeah. it will bring. For yeah. sure. I can't wait to just like try this out and see how how they play because the, 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 a lot of their movements and attack stuff like it, it's you know it's not by nature and design it doesn't look as fluid because it's not supposed to uh, right. and like their short range weapon it's gonna be like you know interesting to see how they play uh, mm-hmm. because the more unique of a fighter in Smash I think the more fun and uh, intriguing it honestly is than getting another like sword user or something that's just like we know how this is gonna be like it's yeah. gonna, there's Definitely. really no mystery behind it. Kind of yeah. adds to the mystique of uh, the new fighter, increasing their uh, the anticipation for it. I will ask this before I ask the obvious question. I want to ask this question first about Nintendo's relationship with Microsoft, because this is now the second Microsoft property that has been dropped into Smash Brothers Minecraft, being mm-hmm. this one and the first one being Banjo Kazooie, which uh, uh, is a rare, uh, rare game, which is now which has been owned by Microsoft for almost twenty years now, uh, but did have origins with Nintendo, obviously. Uh, I'm curious if there should be anything, and obviously there's other things going on, like Ori and the Will of the Wisps uh, just finally got released on a, a Switch, and obviously the, the first game got a Switch port. Uh, the, the, like Microsoft and Nintendo's relationship, there has been support there, especially Microsoft stuff appearing on Nintendo. I'm wondering mm. if this is, do you think this is like kind of the extent of it? Do you think this might mean anything more in the future? And potentially mm. to tie into the, the more obvious question that will be asked in terms of like what other fighters want to see, 
let's cut it off at the to start here. Do you think we might even see another like Microsoft character, a third Microsoft character, get representation here with this this relationship between Nintendo and Microsoft? You might see Microsoft's Doom in Smash Brothers. Uh, that's oh true. God, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, oh, oh, Doom Skyrim, guy. man. <laughs> I mean, even like Master Chief and stuff. People are like, that's one mm-hmm. of the more obvious picks to have the the wide representation of gaming captured there. Um, but I mean, from a business side, I mean, if it doesn't really mean anything more to you, that's fine. But it does feel like there's potentially this is building up to something potentially whether it's you know microsoft services potentially game pass and or their x cloud wrong rumor to be making an appearance on switch at some point in the future could this right. be you know m- m- more indication of that or yeah what do you do you have any kind of expectations I just, of the announcement i don't like this? know man like it does I, I just don't see nintendo stuff being on microsoft's like consoles more because like as far as i'm aware there's not really anything that they've put on there that's nintendo it's always microsoft just kind of like being putting their stuff on nintendo i don't know if there's necessarily like a build-up damiani with this i kind of think that microsoft's just really down with their characters being in smash they're like oh hell sure. yeah you can use our character yeah i can see i mean uh, it could just be that for sure absolutely um hmm i i don't think it it is uh generated any expectations in me but they have been very friendly to each other and if what you're saying right game pass making some sort of an appearance on switch it's getting to a point where that wouldn't shock me right um Mm -hmm. i that in my mind that seems somewhat plausible yeah I, the, 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 yeah that's the those are perfectly fair and re- rational assessments i think that's all i'm personally like alluding yeah. to there like i don't I, think you're gonna see mario i didn't yeah Xbox. i actually didn't mean that either brad i, I don't mm-hmm. mean to apply like a nintendo property to appear on microsoft i just think it just shows how on friendly terms these two companies mm-hmm. are that they're willing to do this which on the fl- i want to flip this around to there is something that's not represented at all in smash which is sony and Sony's yeah. history, do you? I, I know Nintendo and Sony don't have like the the strongest relationship with each other. I think they right. have mutual respect. Do you? Th- would it sh- would it be that shocking to see something like a Ratchet and Clank show up in Smash Brothers, or oh, would that be more shocking to you than like a Microsoft property? I mean, at this point, it'd be more yeah. shocking because Microsoft already has stuff in there. Yeah, I, I like think about Sony's IPs and like what they would want in there, maybe. And I can't think of anything like recent. Like maybe they'd say, "Oh, Sackboy would fit in," but you know that's not what people really want yeah. from it or something like that. Like it'd be cool. Like it'd be awesome if Kratos was in it or something crazy <laughs> like that. But I don't know. <laughs> For sure. Um, I mean, that would be amazing. I I don't think that's gonna happen. But no, I don't think either. But yeah. Yeah. It just, it just doesn't seem to be the strategy that sony is taking where they they're really for the most part holding on to the very valuable ip that they have tightly Mm -hmm. and then they're 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 cross promoting between their own games right so you'll have like Sackboy dressing up as as kratos or something and they, they do sort of like internal promotions and things like that but the the vibe that i get from sony and it makes sense is We've got characters you want to see and you have to be on 
our system to to get that mm-hmm. um you know of course there's things coming out on pc but generally i think you get what i mean yeah I was, that made me wonder if they would ever like maybe put aloy if they picked someone mm. for smash which that's already on pc or something like that because like you won't get the main game but you can get like the character represented in it maybe sure the i want to i want to wrap this up obvious with the obvious one um you know the there's four more fighters uh, to be announced uh, as of now no delays uh, it, they are still technically due out by the end of next year the rest of them um i actually misread <laughs> misread the room on that one i thought the, the the announcement that sakurai would have a brief statement following the reveal i took that as potentially bad news was in the air but it was nothing but actually positive vibes so completely misread that so there's only four more slots um and i'm, I'm kind of curious uh to, to manage expectations uh, what you some of your expectations obviously there everyone has their picks they'd like to see um, with those four remaining slots uh, I feel like there's just too many even if you mm-hmm. want to like like the things that people think are essential there's now there's too many they will not Dude, all make it in for sure we've gotten hero banjo terry Steve. like it, it could be anyone it could <laughs> yeah, honestly it could be anyone, anyone. <laughs> uh i mean uh, there are things that make sense to different people but is there one maybe one you think that would be you really want to see happen anything's possible obviously but one i mean fighter you really really want to see see. well as far as like really want to see and i think is very plausible i would love to have a a hunter from monster hunter and a monster hunter Mm. stage i Mm. think what they did with rathalos in Smash was already really, really cool. So there's there's precedent for it, and I would love them to just go all in. Um, but there's a ton of characters to pick. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like Sora would be awesome or something like that. I'm surprised. Like I'm kind of surprised Dante is not in this game at this point. Man, with uh, Dante been at a face off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could see them doing maybe a new character from Breath of the Wild two or whatever. Mm. Something tying in with that game. Good pick. But I I want the final character to be Gino. Just the final one. To finally be Gino. It's not going to happen, but that's what I want. Uh, like, man. The long rumored <laughs> prophecies foretold. It's so forever. funny because that would generate, generate so much buzz, but in the grand scheme of far-reaching impact, it's one of the, like, probably the le- least impactful in terms Bro, of... They're putting, like, Min Min in, in there. No, no, I know. But like, like Steve, like Minecraft's huge. Yeah, of course. It's like, yeah. like the massive reach for that. But it's like, you know, it would yo, be a huge headline for, for people who are in tune with that. But the broader audience at large, I think we're like, who, what? I, I, think I, don't, I don't think you can expect yeah. every one of the, the next four characters to have the reach no. of Steve. Oh, no, but no, like, I, uh, yeah. Give us the boober pick, man. You got the zoomer pick with <laughs> yeah, Steve. There now you it's go. time, <laughs> right? Give I, us the boomer pick. The boomer yeah, pick. quit messing around with Fire Emblem characters. Like, let's go. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I feel like I really hope they, the last one is a, a big surprise. So, and, and is one of the bigger announcements in terms of being special, I would say. Let me phrase it yeah. that way, being a special announcement um, that has a lot of appeal in that regard. I do expect at least one of these four is going to be another first-party character. Yeah, oh, I feel yeah. pretty I sure it's probably going to be another Zelda or Pokemon character. I don't think we're getting another Fire Emblem character. Not another Pokemon I'm pretty character. sure it's going to be Pokemon and Zelda just have so much um, 
you know, just not another Link or Zelda, please. Just please pick a unique. Yeah, it should be like a brand series. new character or something, or yeah, for sure. I see some people already say, "Well, Zelda's got so much representation in the in Smash Array." I'm like, "Yeah, Link, Zelda, and Ganon," but there's so many diverse characters in that series mm-hmm. that just aren't even in there period and i'd like to see just one of them get in there like impa or something young impa i was just gonna say that young impa let's go yeah i was half expecting today to be uh an age of calamity like character like young impa Mm. or like the four champions somehow some weird way they'd work them together as one character i i was halfway expecting that i would not be surprised by that i'd be a little bit more disappointed by another pokemon character i I think pokemon is fine with what they they have in there yeah it's enough it's enough. Oh, we oh. definitely we should another Fire Emblem character. Yeah, yeah, just one more. Just one more Fire Emblem character, you. and that's the perfect amount for sure. <laughs> yeah, I just feel it's it, it's like anything's possible, but it's also you feel there's some kind of like a little bit of sadness that this will come to an end. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't expect I don't expect them to extend beyond next year uh, or this fighter pass. So three or four more slots for crazy picks. Thinking of all the things, obviously you said Dante, you said monster characters, uh, that people want Crash, you know, some like legacy yeah. Yeah, characters from back in yeah, the day. Crash would be cool. Even though it's not a Sony IP anymore, that would still be a great representation of like gaming as a whole and even a Sony yeah. era. Uh, you've thrown around some crazy of the more Square Enix characters who might be in there, Gino, uh, Sora, Chrono, who knows? I mean, What's funny, Damiani, is I'm, I'm sure there's going to be comments like, I can't believe you didn't mention, you know, X. And it's like, yeah. well... That could go on forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this thing, like, Doom Guy, obviously, is a big one. Master Chief. Uh, no Zero even, still, dude. Zero. Uh, even from fighting games, like, a Mortal Kombat character, like, Sub-Zero or Scorpion. You that, know, would, that would be insane. Have Street Fighter yeah, versus... that would be insane. Have Street Fighter that versus would be... Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like, Breaking but, barriers. There's just so much potential there, and you know... Mortal Kombat and Smash more. would be insane. There's only four more picks, dude, and it's insane. How is there only one Mega Man character in this game? This what's happening i love this what are they doing it's like they give you so much and we're still like why please like you give me like i don't want to be one of those guys who like calm no, down on no, the final of pokemon dude for god's sakes like give me another mega man character dude put something. zero in the game like How why is zero not zero in the in? game this all man this just makes me wonder why they just just don't keep supporting this game for like 10 years when when companies talk about supporting a game for x5 or more years and we kind of laugh like good luck with that to me smash brothers is like this is one of them that yes yeah this could go on for a long time because there's so much you want sakurai is barely clinging to life as it is true and (laughs) yeah he's done after this dude he's like no more he will he he will just like fade into the heavens as soon as like the last character (laughs) dude what if it's like isn't he friends with kojima what if it's just sam porter bridges and smashed oh my god (laughs) just like you just throw packages at people (laughs) yeah he just puts more packages on his opponents so they can't walk so they're just like slowing down I'm kind of, I'm kind of super like, I'm into thinking this about idea. The goofy, fun stuff he could do with it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's in the realm of possibility, but that is, that is true. Sakurai does look like being a little uh, overworked over there with this 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 series and Smash Brothers and Ultimate specifically. I feel like at one point he was almost subtly maybe throwing shade at the corporate end of nintendo with this is like hey like i love and respect minecraft but this is also kind of like nintendo's pick and maybe not my pick i, I don't mm. know how much of it is like maybe he's getting to a point where it's like okay 
this was a ridiculous ask. I made it happen. Look how awesome this is. But can you, can you corporate, can you stop asking me for ridiculous picks that make my life hell? Like, I feel like as impressive was talking about reworking the stages, holy crap, having to do that much effort. He was, I think he was pointing out like, do you understand the absurdity of this request? I'll make it happen, but just know what you're asking next time when you call for some crazy collaboration like this. Tell me, you know what would be easy to do? Gino would be easy to do. <laughs> You know, it would be easy to do. Real easy to do. I think this is just all saying that that Sakurai is a boomer as well. He's one of yeah, us. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and he's like, I, I guess I'll put Steven. I, yeah, he's like, okay, <laughs> fine, exactly. Minecraft, sure, I'll do this. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it was a pretty decent gap from June to October for, for the announcement. So I still yeah, feel... Yeah, well, nothing's going on this year, so yeah, it's yeah, weird. No big deal. I still would wager money that we, they... I mean... I feel bad betting against Sakurai. I feel like the dude will do, and his team will do everything possible to hit their targets. But I would yeah. also not be surprised if one of the fighters slips out of next year into 2022. And I would not feel bad about it in the sure. least. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, man, yeah, sure. take the time you need. The longer Absolutely. this party get, goes on, the better it is. Like, I love yeah. it. I don't want it to I, in, end. <laughs> in terms of giving me what I want I feel like Smash Ultimate succeeded in that a very so, long time yeah, ago. That's so it's it's all right. It'll like, I, enjoy it now because it'll never be like this again. Probably. Just, uh, yeah. yeah, he's made that point several times. You know, maybe just sneak in, break the targets. It's like the one thing I feel like is just per- perfection. <laughs> is just break the targets. Soccer, You've right, done a really targets. great job, but but but, but let's break the targets. All right. And they all need to be unique themed to each character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one. exactly. I don't think that's exactly. going to happen at this point. It'd just be uh. generic like versions for each character. Anyway, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Friend Code. We could spend spend all day speculating mm-hmm. about the future of Smash Brothers, but that is that is again that is going to do it. Um, I think I want to give a heads up. I think next episode we're probably going to def- unless there's new major news announcements. I feel like the next episode will be about Super Mario 35, which just came out today. Have had no time to spend with it so that's why it was not covered on today's episode even though it's now out just way too busy and would like to actually spend a decent amount of time with that also animal crossing got some halloween updates uh would love I gotta to check about, that out yeah i would mm-hmm. love to talk about that so probably the next episode will at least be the halloween updates for animal crossing and super mario 35 just to give you a preview for that um Thank you to everyone who submitted a question for this episode of Friend Code. Uh, if you want to submit questions for consideration, you need to be a $5 and up patron. The week we're recording, I'll make a post calling for your submissions, and uh, we'll get a few of those in there each time. So thank you for that. Uh, generally, as a $5 patron, you're also part of our early access tier. So you get episodes of many of our shows and po- several of our shows and podcasts, I should say, early. Uh, so thank you for supporting us in that way. And for everyone else who watches this publicly on Friday, thank you for supporting the show. Uh, we also have some shout outs for the month of October. Uh, so I want to give some shout outs to head over here. Thanks, sorry. Shout outs to Elphanis, uh, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, and Caleb Togi Crawford. Shout out and thank you so much for your support. Thank you, both of you, for joining me today on a very hectic week for all of us, I feel to talk about all these news. So thank you, Brad. Thank you, Ben, for joining me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, always. Awesome. So until next time, everybody, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. 